This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome. Welcome and thanks for tuning in to In Other News to expand your idea of what's impacting the veterinary world or veterinarians as humans. Brought to you by the Jack and Jay team and available at VetCandy.com. If you're not a subscriber, please subscribe for free today at VetCandy.com. So our topic today is networking. In other news, you're telling me that veterinarians have to network with other people? Yes, it's it's true. Even though uh, many folks, as you correctly point out, Jay, go to vet school because they don't like to work with people. They haven't yet perfected the collar that has like a credit card pocket on it and the pet just comes through the door. So yes, you need to be able to work with uh, other humans. So what do you think about networking? I you think do networking, it? listen, I think networking is a very interesting situation. First of all, I think it's an interesting word, right? Networking. It's a stupid word. Yeah, I don't I- like it. That's like- what we do nowadays. We take a noun to put an ing on it, call it a verb, and we and we do it. It's interesting, but it, it's, yeah. regardless of that, it, it's it's very important. I like to think of it more of relationship building, as most people do, and and it's it's become extremely important in almost all aspects of life. And uh, you know, the veterinary community, notwithstanding, we have to do it. It's just part of the job, and it makes it easier. Okay, wait, wait. Those of you who are new to our podcast may not realize that Jay likes to go on and pretend Jack is not in the conversation. So let me stop you and say, do you network? Do I network? Yeah. I'm not. Of course I network. What do you mean? I can't go on and on about how good it is and not be networking king myself. What are you talking okay. about? Of course okay, I network. Sir, so you're telling me that all the cool kids are now networking. Every what? single cool kid should be networking. Okay, so here's so for me, I have a problem with the word networking, not because the grammatical license, as you indicate, but because I think that networking is that like calling it that cheapens the word, right? So, what ah, is that's networking? Very, yeah, that, you know what? That's a much better way to say it. it does cheapen the word. Now, carry on. That's perfect. Yeah, the act. Because so I'm not necessarily a people person, but I can be. So, I, networking can be important, but you have to build relationships with people. Right. It's that shaking the hand, meeting the person, making a connection in a very short period of time. But for veterinarians, I think a lot of our colleagues are not necessarily sure what that looks like and and why for the practitioner who stands in an exam room with a client and they're at why networking going to be valuable for them. That's always the issue. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, And it goes beyond a lot of reasons. But yes, it does become very valuable. So I get that a lot at conferences, right? As you know, I go to a lot of conferences. I talk to a lot of veterinarians and they'll say to me, where's the data? How do I know this is going to be important for me as a practitioner standing in that exam room? So where, like, where am I going to point them to? Do you get those questions? Do people ask you that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, that's a question I ask, actually. I'm like, I, I don't know. Where am I going to, where do I get this information? Information is, is king. And I think that's one of the important reasons to network because it's a giant industry and we're all spread out. And to be quite honest, I'm not sure how a lot of information flowed, as we like to say, back in the day when they didn't have all these fancy ways to do this, the networking. It was, I guess it was just a phone call or a letter or conference. But now we can travel and do a lot of this stuff and you have to get the information. And the only way to do that is to talk to people, a AKA networking. 
Yeah, so talk to people. Okay, welcome to the digital age, my brother. Yes. I'm not sure that talking to people is something people are good at, especially veterinarians, right? We know we know that the admissions process into our profession, into veterinary school, actually seems to self-select for introverts, right? <laughs> That's um, funny. So it, it's true. They like animals. Some of them prefer animals to people. And, you know, you know, like when we were in school, there, you know, like our colleagues got a lot of nerds. And, yeah, um, no, that's, you, know, you know, thinking of school seems like yesterday, but yes, I would agree. Most of them do not. As a rule, they generally, the reason for being a veterinarian, 80% of the time was, oh, I just like animals. I prefer them over people, which is, which is interesting because once you get on the real world, you realize that's, it's exactly the opposite. And it's at least 80% people that you have to well, deal that, with, right? That's why we say, yeah. like in other news, right? veterinarians still have to know how to work with other humans. So that gets us back to this networking piece. So again, we still haven't really addressed like my major like piece of this for me and for, you know, our listeners, which is, most veterinarians go into private practice. I mean, you know, a lot of folks are looking at, at other like industry and government work these days more so than ever before. However, most of them are still going into practice, private practice. And so for that practitioner working in a one, two or five doctor practice, how is networking important? I mean, everyone says it is. The internet tells me so, so it must be so. How is that important for that practitioner standing in an exam room? Oh, well, that's actually really, and we have not addressed that because there's a bunch of different ways to address it, I think. And the, the route I was going was professional networking and in terms of information, because there's a lot of stuff happening pretty dynamically and pretty pretty fast in the industry, and you have to keep up with it. And one good way to do that is networking. Or if you just need to have a question, if you don't have said aforementioned network to call, what are you going to do? You can't be seen oh. going Googling Googling the answer that the client's going to go, I can do that. And in fact, you know, oh, most wait. of them do do that. So, so you have to have so could, a network to rely upon the, for, for that simple fact. Could the network be our phone a friend lifeline? Yes. And we yeah. all have those, Thanks. by the way. <laughs> yeah, That's right. We all That's right. have those. So wait, wait. That's another thing that we embrace here on uh, in other news is the fact that you can relate almost all principles of a good and balanced life to 80s and 90s TV shows, right? And so, so who wants okay. to be a millionaire? There you go. <laughs> That's my phone a friend. Straight, straight to it. We all have the call a friend lifeline for sure. And What's usually that? it's call one or two or 12 other friends. We have a lot of them. Okay, so but if you're a new grad, if you're a new grad, like when you think like, your network totally exists, it's totally prized of professors you had in school or that one crusty old practitioner you like worked for in high school or undergrad, right? Like that's yeah, your network. Uh, I'm not one to talk to about this because I did it perfect. I planned it out. I had all those things. Plus I had a twin sister graduate, you know, a couple years ahead of me and I could just <laughs> right. always, she, she worked out all the kinks for me right. and I could just right. say, Hey, what's happening? What do I do here? And it was no problem. She felt two things. I got help and this and my sister, AKA you felt like she was saving the world by helping me out. But I agree. That is the typical network. When you get out of school is those people, so but you have to build, build one in your community, wherever that might be. Right. So you have to expand that. So I guess for a lot of folks, that's what we're talking about for the practitioner who stands in an exam room is number one, it can be valuable as your phone a friend for that difficult case that you may have or kind of a barometer. Because if you don't have a twin brother like I do, who is a veterinarian, where I can call him and say, am I crazy? Or didn't, isn't this what you heard when we were in vet school too? Because <laughs> that's what your network can do is validate. like validate we hear the, the same doing. lecture? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So that's a valuable network for your practitioner in an exam room. But I would argue as well, having been a practice owner, that networking in different circumstances can also help build your client base. And that, I think, is something that veterinarians are not always aware of the value of that network. So the old what, client what building think? network. Yeah, building client. Yeah. So look up Well, why don't you me. fill us in on previous business owner, how that helped you? Right. <laughs> right. So referral clinics, if you are a referral clinic, like if you provide emergency services in an area, then you certainly must network with multiple layers of clientele. So it can either be the general public or it can be other clinic owners so that they will refer their most valuable asset, their clients to you for emergency care. So you might go to an organized veterinary medical meeting like your local vet med association which, as you know, is a soapbox issue for me. I think everyone should belong to their local vet med association and attend meetings. Or yes. the, the, not just join and pay the money, but go to the yeah. meetings. That's the yes. only thing that's important. That's a right. little plug for your, for your local VMA. They are fantastic. They provide yes. CE, they provide built-in networking, and they provide yes. new veterinarians with older veterinarians, with sometimes even older veterinarians who can all kind of right. get together and talk about how to solve these cases. All right, back to the topic at hand. Yes. Okay. So plug for the local VMA, but also, you know, you get invited to a cocktail party and everybody knows this and it makes most of our colleagues, including me, sweat through the first layer of clothing. The fact we may have to go to a cocktail party and appear sociable and answer the question in the conversation inevitably when the person says, you know, I always wanted to be a veterinarian or my sister's dog's brother's cousin, nephew, brother-in-law always wanted to be a veterinarian or wanted to go for a vet degree. Yeah. So get a few answers ready and wipe your palms off so they're not sweaty and go to the cocktail party. Make sure you're dressed appropriately, but go to the cocktail party. I think that's something that, uh, our colleagues and, and you and me, okay, mostly you, Jay, you discount the value of the cocktail party. I do. I discount the value of the cocktail party. And if it wasn't for people dragging me to said cocktail parties, I would probably not go. But That's I right. do, in, in my old age now, I see the failure of that wisdom. And I would <laughs> recommend anybody to go to the cocktail party. It, once yeah. you get past the initial nerves, seriously, like everything else, the first time you do something is very, very hard. But once you get past that, that situation, then it becomes a very valuable asset and, and tool to expand, as we like to say, your, your knowledge and your base of, of everything. So, okay, so we said that networking is not only valuable because it can perhaps uh, impact positively your standard of care, right, by providing you with phone a friend and a network of colleagues to call on when you have that difficult case. It can expand your client base if you network outside of the uh, profession. Really, another thing, and we touched on it briefly, but networking can also help that big issue that our profession is facing these days, veterinary well-being. What do you think hmm. about that, Jay? Well, I, th I think that veterinary well-being is a big issue, and, it, and it's a pretty broad topic. It gets topic. very concerned when we talk about well-being. I do. I do get concerned. It's, a, it's an important thing. I mean, stress is a big deal, and veterinary well-being, is, is, it affects my life every day. So it's very important, and... The social aspect of it absolutely can help. Listen, at the very least, you can reassure because we all have doubts. We all have, am I doing this right? We all think, is this the right way to do it? Is everybody else doing this? Am I missing the boat on something? Because sometimes you feel like you're at an, on an island. You know, every day is hectic and every day is crazy. And there's, there's 87 million patients you got to save. And 
you're the only one there and all this other kind of stuff. And so when you talk to other people in the same situation, the very least they can do is make you feel, hey, I'm doing the same thing or I am doing the right thing. So that's one way it can help it can help a person a veterinarian with their well-being. I'm not sure if that's what you were referring to, but that's what exactly means to me. Wow, opening up about your feelings. Yeah, it's very hard. I mean, we need to stop this and move on. Let's move on to something else. It's (laughs) tricky. It's tricky. I know we love it. So, yeah, so I think that having an established network of folks that you trust, whether they're colleagues or others, can really be kind of that link to sanity that some of our colleagues are looking for. And whether you admit it or not, just that validation that, you know, clients are treating everyone else the same way they're treating you that day. Because those long days when you feel like you just can't do anything right. And and then we've all had that client that tells us, yeah, what do you mean you won't do this for free? I thought you cared about animals. Enough clients telling you that can be tricky to deal with until you hear it. All your colleagues are hearing it too. And that just can't be true about all of you because we're veterinarians and we put on the cape every day and we do love animals and we do care about our, our patients. So yeah, so the network can help you maintain your, your mental health. And from the other side of it, I think it also helps you recognize when your, your colleagues are drowning a little bit and maybe need a, a bigger lifeline to be thrown to them and, and you can encourage them to get some help for that. So yeah, so so networking, definitely. Okay, I'm back. Uh, I'm, back. I, and, I just re- I, I'm sorry. I just recovered from the opening and sharing of my feelings. So I'm back. Okay, dude, carry on now. Okay, right. close back up now. Have you, doctor? <laughs> That's yeah. right. Good choice. So my scientific brother here, you had some interesting stats, I thought, when we talked earlier about networking. So another thing networking can help with is you're looking for that next job. Yeah. So networking is, and, and again, I really, I'm, I, now I'm using it like as part of my everyday vernacular, networking, 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 even though I think it's a crazy word, but but building relationships with people, depending on where you are in your career or your job is extremely important. And I can just spit out a bunch of facts for you that probably apply across. We are across. scientists. We want the data. Okay. Well, I don't have a ton of it, right? But but it's out there. Everybody knows that social networking and all this other stuff has become kind of the norm. And so, so I think LinkedIn did a, did a survey about this because, I mean, of course, this is what they do, right? They provide a platform for this exact thing. And and something like Wait, 80%- are, are you on LinkedIn? I am. Oh. Please don't ask me if I joined the meetings because I don't, but I am. At least I made the first step, right? I opened the door. Okay. 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 All right. Don't don't Baby lie. This is, why are you pointing out all the flaws here? This is not great. So listen, something like eighty percent of the job seekers out there say that the network helped them get their job. It's uh, it's crazy. The, the stats are just overwhelming here. Eighty percent. Okay. Eighty. Eighty percent of people. Seventy percent of people in two thousand. I know this goes way back to two thousand sixteen, and we're now we're existing in the here and now time. But two thousand sixteen, the archaic days of two thousand sixteen. Seventy percent of people. 70%, think of it, 70%, that's a huge number, were hired at a company where they already had a connection. And mm-hmm. if you can't figure this out, that connection was made by networking. I guarantee it. That's mm-hmm. just what happens. And something about something like 80, 85% of professionals, we're included in that, veterinarians are included in that. Any professional, mm-hmm. consider professional networking, what we've been talking about for the last few minutes, important to career success for various reasons. I think you touched on the, the major one, but for various reasons. So, yeah. so networking is important. There's data that supports it. Networking is important. Yeah. So so here's the next question. And this is what I get a lot uh, from folks is, so how do I do it? Because 
I'm very uncomfortable going into these groups. I'm fine in an exam room because I've learned to do that. But how, how, do I, how am I going to do it well? So topresume.com, and we'll put the link up with our podcast, but topresume.com actually has some great tips for those who are early in their networking skill development. But I'll share a couple of quick tips um, that I've learned because after working on Capitol Hill, I found myself having to go to a lot of events, receptions and dinners, et cetera. And uh, I know not a soul, but I knew it was important for me to go. Either it was part of my job or I just inherently felt like I needed to be there. And so we've all been to the junior high dance where you walk in and you stand by yourself alone and no one talks to you. Hey, it's even more comfortable as an adult. So what are you going to do? Well, first of all, I want you to consider your body language. That's very important. And uh, you need to recognize, and, and that's a conscious decision when you first start. I know um, you, sir, may have had a little trouble with that. So you want to look open. You want to look like you're wanting to engage. So you stand up. Don't stand up comically, but stand up with your chest out and your shoulders back. And please recognize at those parties that you're not there to drink. You're not there to, what did we used to say? Get your drink on. No, doctor, I, you're I not. I think maybe you used to say that. I would no, never say something others, like that. others, others. And so get a drink, though. So get a drink and know your limit. Can you have one? Can you have two? Get a drink. Hold it in your left hand. Now visualize this with me. Hold it. Put your hand in front of you like you're holding a drink and then hold it in front of you just below your, your chest level. So it's uh, at like elbow level. Hold it in your left hand. Put your right hand underneath your drink where you have a cocktail napkin so your hand doesn't get wet and disgusting, but it also doesn't get cold. So you don't have the fish hand when you shake a hand. And if you stand like that, your body language says, I'm ready to engage and look out at the room. So again, say to yourself in your head, hold my drink in my left hand, put it uh, at chest level, stand up straight, put your right hand under your drink, ready, and make it a mantra. And you will significantly change your experience at these events. They're a party or just a conference reception, but you have to show up. So that's one. And another one is to be ready with some small talk. And the best thing to do, because a lot of times we don't like talking about ourselves, is ask the other person a question. So be ready with a question, even if you don't care about the answer. <laughs> that never so, happens. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Everybody so who says how your questions? kids really want to know all the details yes. of all my kids. I promise you they do. So I give of, it to them. Yes, of all your kids, because you have a ton of them. Yes. And so... It so, takes 30 minutes so if, to just go over the name. So anyways, that they all want to know. That's a very interesting. So Yeah. And so tell me, like, what's a question that you ask in these, in these situations? Because I know you're good at networking. So, so what do you ask? Like, what do you ask a random person? Well, first, first I want to say I, like, I do like that advice. And I'll get to my question in a minute. But I do like that advice because I actually don't ever know how to stand. It's really, I learned something there from you. It was really good. And, and it was great. I kind of feel like I have to, A, do the hokey pokey in a minute. Or B, take notes on exactly how... <laughs> Understand, but I'll get it down. I'll practice in the mirror. I'll get it down. But my only advice to anyone going to those things is, man, you got to bring a friend. You have to. If, if you're uncomfortable, yeah, everyone's got a veterinarian friend, a doctor, whatever. Take them with you. It's a well tried and true practice. It just okay. makes it a whole lot easier. Okay. okay back, back to, back to but my wait. now. But wait. Yep. But you have to tell your friend, if we go together, we will not spend the whole time talking to each other. Yeah, you have to have a plan. But it just makes you it gotta easier. You got to talk to other people. Yeah. You got to talk to other people. 
Yes, I understand. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. But it's uh, like everything else. Once you get started, it'll it'll be fine. The simple question anywhere. I've been to a lot of these. I've moved a few times. And so every time, again, I'm plugging the local VMAs. You go to local VMAs, and there's always a dinner reception beforehand. And I don't know anybody yeah. there. And hey, where do you work? And it's a boring question. And no one cares, but at least it gets started. Not where is your practice? boring for me. No, no. And if I'm being asked, I love to tell them. <laughs> and, and, but it gets the conversation going down the hill, and then you can move on. And inevitably, somebody else will want to join the cool group of kids standing with yeah, the right yeah. posture and in the right place. They know these people, they got it going on. And then uh, there you go. You have a whole party there. So and before yeah, you know it, then you're sitting down taking notes. That's right. Yeah. So there's questions about, uh, you know, what's a, you know, how are you guys seeing much parvo these days? You know, hey, do you see a lot of this? Because I had trouble with one of those. I Man. call those, I like to call those second tier questions. You can ask those after the first question. You got the second okay. tier question. Is that like second base on a date? Wanna, like you, you can't get there? No, I don't want to go. I don't want to be all awkward and go there. But yes, kind of <laughs> the same thing. Okay. Okay. Hashtag me too. Okay. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, okay. So we have some tips for you. And really what I would encourage you all to do, if some of this seems too, um, too advanced for you, you're not comfortable with it, at least take a small baby step. So commit to yourself that within the next month, you're going to go to an event that you ordinarily would not go to, and you're going to make an effort to at least meet one person that you didn't know. And uh, check out the tips for networking on um, topresume.com. We'll put the link up on Vet Candy and have a little opportunity for personal growth. All right. So thank you so much for tuning in today to uh, In Other News, a podcast to expand your idea of what's impacting the veterinary world or veterinarians as humans. Brought to you by the Jack and Jay team and available at VetCandy.com. Please subscribe today to VetCandy.com if you're not already a subscriber. It's free and it's simple and it's sweet and it's good information for you. And we'll see you next time on In Other News. Let's Talk Pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.